What's up, family? Welcome back to the Bridge Podcast. I'm Jordan here, and I believe, if I'm not wrong, this is episode five. That's crazy. We are already five episodes in. Um, I can't believe that we even made it this far. Um, I love it. I love to sit here, and I'm honored that I get to um, sit here and just have a conversation and share topics that I believe that need to be had, especially in culture and as Christians in culture and for everybody in our young generation. And I'm so glad that you're joining with me again today. Uh, and don't forget, always, you probably know by now we're five episodes in. Make sure that you like, make sure that you comment, make sure that you subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And also, if you're listening on Apple, if you're listening on Spotify, share it with someone if you think that something um, is very helpful in this podcast or you think that you hear something that's like, ooh, somebody came to my mind that I think this will help them. Make sure you send it to them. So we're back again. And honestly, uh, when I was thinking about this episode and thinking about, you know, after all the topics we've already talked about, what else? I think it's um, a topic that it could be a little touchy, uh, given the different connotations around it and culture, and we'll get into that. But I think it's one that needs to be had, um, and that's about just submission and freedom in Christ. Because I think that we live in a generation, number one, where some of you probably have already, maybe it kind of struck a nerve, or I don't know, but we hear the word submission. Uh, we think about all different types of stuff go through our heads, depending on what you believe, what not, whatever it is. Um, some people may have thought of a woman submitting to a husband. Some people may have thought of uh submission and freedom and all these different things you may have thought about our country, whatever it is. But I want to talk about it from a biblical perspective, because I do think that we uh, are to live as Christians submitted lives to God. And I do believe that freedom in the Bible looks very different than the freedom that we're accustomed to. Uh, because before we were saved, um, maybe freedom is you having the ability to literally Make your own decisions, do whatever you want to do. And once you become a Christian, you definitely still have that. Uh, God has given us, it's a theological term, it's called free will, which basically means that he has given us the ability to make our own choices, right? We do have the ability, but at the same time, that freedom from a biblical perspective is found when we're submitted to God. Because what you would have to understand is this, that I'll make this point so often because I want unbelievers to get it, and I also want Christians to get it. If any unbeliever is watching me right now, I want you to understand something. That making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, accepting him, believing that Jesus Christ raised him from the dead, I want you to do that. I want you to do that so bad. And I, I want someone who's watching this, I want you to make that decision. But it would, be, it would not be um, right of me if I were to tell you that that was going to be the best decision that you ever made, but everything was going to be how you want it to be, that you're still going to get to do what you want to do. You're still going to have to live, the, you're still going to get to live, rather, the same life that you want to live. That would be false. And what I want to tell you is that when you make that decision, that Jesus, as the Bible puts it, is not just your Savior, he's also your Lord. We hear that word a lot. He's my Lord and Savior. He's my Lord and Savior. He's not just my Savior. He's also my Lord. This is what I mean. Jesus Christ did come to save you. 
He came to save you from sin. He came to save you from the wrath of God. He came to save you from all these things. And when he saved us, when he died a little over 2,000 years ago and was raised from the dead, he did save us. The penalty of sin, which should have been on us, he bought us with the price so we can be free. I'm going to get to that. He bought us with the price so that we can be free. That's him saving us, right? But he's also our Lord, which means... Him being Lord, it's a word called Lordship, that literally means, it's very similar to probably what you're thinking right now, that he has rule over your life, he is the supreme ruler, he is the Lord of Lords. We have earthly kings, we have earthly rulers, like the president of the United States, the president of another country, they have a power, right? But Jesus, he is Lord over even him, he's Lord over everything. He rules and reigns in the world and in our lives. What does that mean? That means that because he's also Lord, he has this big word called authority, which means the moment that you become a Christian and the moment that you accept Jesus Christ as not only your Savior, but also your Lord, that means now what I'm doing is I am giving over the authority that I once thought I had over my life. I am giving that over to Jesus. That is something that we don't like. That's a very touchy subject, that we live in a generation where we think that I'm my own person. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. I can do what I want to do. Hey, listen, do you, but and if you're going to live a biblical life and live in Christianity, I love you, but guess what? That's really not the case. But here is what you will find, though. When you finally give that authority over to Jesus... And you take all that weight off of yourself and say, you know what? I don't really, I don't want this control in my life. I don't know about you, but to me, like, I love, like, I, I'm so glad I have friends and parents who sometimes, man, when I forget stuff, when I just can't think of stuff and I have so much on my plate that I'm so glad that I have so much. My parents sometimes, my, my dad, my mom, they think 10 steps ahead of me. Like when I forget something, they already got it. It's very similar with God that I, I, me personally, I don't want to be in control of everything in my life. But here's the easy thing. When you finally give it over to Jesus and when you finally give it over to God, now you have the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you that guess what? He's now the one that's guiding your life. I don't have to have it all mapped out. I really don't have to have all my plans mapped out. I don't have to have it all mapped up. All I have to do once I become a Christian and once Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, now all I have to do is say this, God, can you please direct me? Can you please show me? Can you please give me uh, what you want, your will for my life? Why? Because he is the one who owns my life. He is the one who owns me. He is my Lord. Can I give you another word? And then we're going to probably, I'm going to go to a scripture and show you this. That before we were Christians, we were slaves to the world. Don't log off. Stay with me. Please, don't log off. Before we were Christians, we were slaves to the world. But check this out. Now, once we've become a Christian, we're still a slave. But now we're not a slave to the world. Now we are a slave to God. I know some of you may have not heard that before, but guess what? You're still going to be a slave. 
Now, my black brothers and sisters who out there with me right now, and you're like, that word just triggered you? Understandable. I'm empathetic to that. I know the rhetoric around that word. I know slave, um, in the, especially in the United States. I get it, slavery. But you have to understand something here. This is getting into biblical understanding, and we'll talk more about studying the Bible later on in the season. But what you have to understand is that slavery in the Bible is not the same slavery that maybe some of you are thinking of that's going on or that's happened in the United States. It's not the same. Slavery in the Bible was not a way of uh, demeaning people always or a way of dehumanizing people. It simply was a way of life back in those days. So slavery, when we are slaves, it's not saying that uh, we this thing of God is just this cruel master. He's this harsh master against us and he's making us do things we don't want to do. No. What it's saying is that now the Greek word, um, if you read Philippians in Philippians chapter one, it when, when Paul is writing a letter, uh, Paul and Timothy says that I, Paul and Timothy are slaves to Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 1 and 1. It says, I, Paul and Timothy are slaves to Christ Jesus. If you read in its original language, the Bible is written mainly in uh, English then no, it's not the original language of the Bible. It's the New Testament is Greek. Um, there are some different forms of Greek, but the original language of that is Greek. And in the Old Testament, it's Hebrew and Aramaic. So if you look at the original language of that word slave in Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, it's the Greek word doulos. And it literally is saying this, or another translation says, I am a bondservant. When he says I'm a slave to Christ Jesus, it's giving metaphorically that I um am putting my own will to the side, that I am going to give up myself for another person's will for my life, for what somebody else wants for my life, to extend his cause. I'm going to let that sit in. I am going to disregard my own interest and in what I want for the cause of someone else. When you become a Christian, when you become a slave to Christ, a servant to God, that is what we are saying. That what I want, what this flesh wants, I am going to give that up in order for God to, for his purpose to work on the inside of me. Because freedom, get this, freedom in the Bible is never described and never defined as what you are free to do. It's always defined as what you are free from doing. Freedom in the Bible is never described as what you are free to do. It's always described as what you are free from doing. Can I give you an example? If you read Exodus chapter 16, and the, uh, the people of Israel, they are coming. There was an Exodus uh, for a very long time, and they're coming out of Exodus finally. And now God is like, I'm going to free my people. He tells Pharaoh, let my people go. So if you read Exodus 16, Exodus 16 around verse number three, they are complaining. They're in the wilderness, they're complaining, they're going to Sinai, and they're in the wilderness, and they're complaining, and they're complaining to Moses, and they're like telling Moses, bro, why didn't you just keep me in Egypt? Like, if, we, if, if, I, knew, if I knew that God was going to free me to come to this, I could just stay where I was. It's like you, you leaving a bad job to go to another bad job, like, I could have just stayed in this, I could have just stayed chilling over here if I knew it was going to be the same situation. So they're like, why in the world are you bringing me to another bad situation? They thought, another bad situation. I could have stayed in Egypt. 
He's like, all right, look, look, look y'all complaining. Look what I'm going to do. God says, I'm going to give you that literally from heaven. Now, if you, if you, Christians, you've heard the story, but some other people may be like, this is weird. But God does, oftentimes you will read your Bible, he does things that are abnormal, that doesn't make sense. He says, I'm going to cause manna or quail, it's like bread, to come down from heaven, like rain is going to come down, and I'm going to cause food to literally like drop down from heaven. Like that actually happened. So I'm going to cause it to come down from heaven, uh, and so you can have your food. But then that's not good enough. Look what they say. We could have stayed, and we sat around pots, and we were eating all the meat in Egypt. But now you're going to just make rain, bread come down? I could have stayed in Egypt where I was getting a full course meal. I could have stayed in Egypt where I'm getting steak and mashed potatoes and greens and all this other stuff. I could have stayed going to Desi Vegas. I could have went to Roots. I could have stayed there. But now you're bringing me to Golden Corral. Doesn't make sense. You know what I find in that passage? That many of us, when we come from culture and when we come from the world in Christianity, you know the one thing we don't do? We don't make an appetite change. The moment you become a Christian, you have to have an appetite change. Now your appetite is not gonna, it should not be the same appetite that you had that while you were once in the world. That's very difficult. Because for many of us, what we are struggling with at this very moment is that we love God and we love to go to church, but we still have an appetite for the things of the world. God is trying to give you substantive bread. He's trying to give you something with substance, but we still want the meat that was in Egypt. That God, he's trying to tell you that inside of a marriage, that sex is so much better inside of a marriage, but you still want the appetite of the sex that you were getting in the world. That, it, that I'm, I'm trying to tell you, it's so much better. Monogamy is so much better. Marriage, God-ordained marriage is so much better, but we want to be a player. He's trying to tell you that I promise you that you are now free from doing all of that. You don't have to, you don't have to use worldly things to validate, to validate you anymore. He's already given us identity. I'm going to read to you in Galatians that Paul here is writing in Galatians because the Bible says it much better than me about this identity thing. And this appetite change. In Galatians 4 and 8, he says, Before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that do not even exist. Gentile is anyone who is non-Jewish, who is not of Jewish descent, which is, I don't know, there may be Jews out there watching me right now, but most times in Western American, Western American churches, um, it's Gentiles. That's who he's talking to. He says, before you knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that don't even exist. For some of us, we are slaves to so-called gods. It may be a God, it, it may have a stronghold on you. We may be in bondage to pornography, to lust, all those other worldly things before we knew God. But I like how the Bible says that it's not the fact that a lot of times we think that when we know God that people always say, you know, I found Jesus. Well, no, really Jesus found you. That's what I love about Jesus. I, the, man, I love so many things about God. He sent his son to say, you know what? 
I'm not even going to, you know what, you, like, God, he's all-knowing. So he already knows what's going to happen before it happens. He says, you know what, don't even worry about, like, you can't even find me. I'm going to hand handpick you. That I'm just going to wait for you. I'm sitting here eagerly waiting for you to just choose me. But I'm going to handpick you. I'm going to give you this gift of salvation. I'm just waiting for you to receive it. And for many of you out there right now, I want you to know that he's just waiting on you. That if you would just open up and receive him, he's knocking on the door of our heart. He, he, all you have to do is just open up. Some of us, we try so hard in our own power, in our own will, and we want to make things work. We want to make things shake. And you're trying to, you're trying to have motion and all this stuff. And you're trying to work hard. And you're trying to work hard for your business. You're trying to work hard uh, to get your money, to get the bag and all this other stuff. And you want to chase the bag and all this other stuff. If you, Cool, half work ethic. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's like, I'm trying to tell you how to do it in a much easier way from the Bible. The Bible says that, look, like, once you become a child of God, that at the end of the day, if you seek first, if you read Matthew, it says that if you seek the kingdom of heaven first, if you put God first, all those other things that you want, they're already going to be added to you. Because here it is, at the end of the day, the stuff that you want access to, you need God's authority to get in there. Some, for some of us, man, we, this freedom thing, we think that our lives are really our own. But you have to realize that the moment you become a Christian, that is not the case. That Paul, if you read his letters, and any, any other person in the Bible, they will say that I am a slave to Christ. I'm still a slave. It's just who are you going to be a slave to? We don't like that, though. We just want full autonomy over ourselves. And I'm think, and I, it, make, it really makes me think that um, I think that leaders in the church um, preachers, I think that we have a lot of times given people an incomplete gospel. And we have, because we get, we've given people an incomplete gospel, we've produced an incomplete Christian. Like, the gospel message is not always about the privileges that happened on the cross and he's your savior. Like, no. Like, yes, there, yes, there are privileges that come with salvation, but there is a price to that. Because the Bible says that he bought us with a price. That does not mean that we're going to spend the rest of our lives and everything. Like, And I want you to get this. I want you to get this. You can never repay him. It's not the same as if somebody lend you $20 and you're going to get... We, we can never repay him back in full. But the least we can do, with God is about the little things. The least you can do as a Christian is say, thank you, Jesus. The least you can do is, is just pray to him. The least that you can do is to say, you know what, God? What do you want for my life? The least you can do is to just honor him. That's why Romans says to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Your whole life is a sacrifice. Why? He died for you, so now you have to die for him. And I refuse to come on here and give you an incomplete gospel and say that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you still can still do the same things you want to do, but just go to church on Sunday now. 
You can still, you know, party and stuff and drink and smoke and do all these other things, but do that. And then now, since you become a Christian, all you have to do now is just go to church and pray once a week. No, 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 no. Now, now what you do is, this is what you do. Now, since we become a Christian, Galatians 5 says, Galatians 6 and 13, uh, 5 and 13 says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Some of y'all have never read that verse before. It says, you have, you have been called to live in freedom. Yep. But don't use it to satisfy your sinful nature. And for some of us, we need, I, I'm going to give you the reality check that God gave me. Yeah, son. Yeah, you are my son. You are my child. But right now, you've been wilding out. Because don't forget that you're mine. I identify you and set you apart from the rest of that foolishness. Now, don't use your freedom as a license to do what you want to do. It's hard. I can't do it. Yeah, yeah you can't, you're right. You can't do it by yourself. But check out what he says in Galatians 5 and 16. I love the Bible so much. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Oh, every time I question God, I say, God, well, I can't do that. Yes, you can. It's right here in my Bible. The Bible has an answer for everything. I love it so much. He's saying, look, I've given you freedom. But freedom under me looks very different than the freedom of the world. And for many Christians... You are not about, you, ooh, you're not gonna like what I'm about to say, but I don't care, I'm gonna say it anyway. You, we spend so much time telling women and unbelievers that when women say, oh, well, I have the right of my own body, and we spend so much time telling them, you, you know about the abortion stuff that's going on? Yeah, I'm going there. We spend so much time telling them, well, no, you don't have the right over your own body. Da, 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 da. Well, Christians, you don't have the right over your own body either. You want to tell them, the women who wants to get an abortion, oh, yeah, well, you know, that's not biblical. Da, 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 da. Stop it. Stop being hypocritical. Stop it. Because you don't have the right over your own body as well. So how about this? How about, how about all of us do this? How about we say, you know what? Rather than me thinking that I'm my own life, that I'm my own. And th th here it is. This also goes with our opinions and what we think is right or wrong. Because our thoughts should always be in the line with his thoughts as well. Our opinions should be based on the Bible. Our truth should be based on the Bible. It should be based on his standard, not our own. We cannot move the goalpost and just say, Oh, well, I don't think that that's right, and I don't really agree with that, so I'm not going to do it. No, 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 no. Sin is sin whether we like it or not. Like, the standard is the standard. Sin is whatever God calls it. God calls sin. Excuse me. Not what you call it or what you don't call it. I'm trying to get this in our mind that we are really not our own once we become a Christian. We do not have full autonomy that we can't just say, well, I can do what I want because it's my own life. No, it is not. 
It belongs to Jesus Christ. And I believe that the reason why our generation is struggling in a lot of areas, in a lot of areas that we struggle with, with sin or whatever it is, um, even with not even just sin, even with struggling with finding our purpose in life. A lot of us are in college, even if you're not in college and you're not clear on what you want to do and you're sitting here, you're like, I don't know what I want to do in my life. Well, can I tell you something? That maybe if you as the slave to Christ would go to your master and ask him who is loving, who already knew before he formed you in your mother's womb that he planned for you. When's the last time you went and said, God, what do you want me to do? That's what I had to do. When's the last time you said, well, God, I never asked you what you wanted me to do, but we toil, we, we, we worked so hard, we tried to do any and everything we can to succeed, to do all these things, and the whole time we never check in with God. The Bible says that a man or man or woman, whatever it says man, it's talking about both, gen both genders, it's man or woman, male or female, like a man's heart plans, he plans his way, but the Lord establishes and directs his steps. There's a way that seems right to a person, but that way leads to death. Stop depending on what we want. Because oftentimes what we want is not what God actually wants for our life and it's not what we need. But all I want to say and share with you is that at the end of the day, this is what I want you to get. That true freedom, true deliverance, being set free in Christ, free from any addiction, free from any bondage. Because there are some people you're watching me right now and pornography has a stronghold on you. Lust has a stronghold on you. That toxicity has a stronghold on you. Whatever it is, uh, the feeling of worthlessness, not being enough, insecurity, suicidal thoughts, all the stuff that our generation deals with that nobody wants to talk about, believe in the closet. All those things, that true freedom can never happen unless it's under submission to God. Because you don't have the power in and of yourself. And I'm very passionate about this because this is someone you're talking, someone's talking to you who has dealt with addiction. I've dealt with it at a very young age. I know that feeling where you feel trapped. But it was not until I finally said, you know what? I'm going to surrender. I love that word, surrender. I'm going to literally, you know what? I'm tired of, I'm tired of fighting. Some of us, we aren't you tired of fighting? Like the Holy Spirit is just nudging you. He's like, come to me, come to me, come to me, come to me, come on. Like I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You was about to go up for the altar call Sunday, but you didn't come. Stop waiting. Go to the altar call. Go to the altar call. Like, come on. Let's go. Because your spirit is always going to be warring with your flesh. But my prayer for you is a prayer that it says in Galatians that uh, I want to read it to you as we close, as we end. Because I can say it, but I want to say the scripture verbatim. So it's not my words. It says. Um, Paul said something 
and I think it's very good. Galatians 5 and 1 says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again into slavery. He already set us free, but make sure that you stay free. And I think that for some of us, the devil, he has snuck in like at the very end of our deliverance because what he's done is what we do, we come up to the altar and we weep at the altar. We, come, we go to a conference and we weep at the altar. But the moment we get up from the altar, our deliverance is just gone. Why? Because your relationship with God has to be developed and it also has to be maintained. And that requires discipline, which we'll talk about in the next episode. It has to be developed and it also has to be maintained. Because deliverance may take place at the altar, but discipline has to take place at home. It's not enough to just get delivered. I want to stay delivered. I don't want to get free. I want to stay free. And that only happens under submission to God. So, man, there's so much more we can go. But I just, my prayer, um, and I'm really passionate about this, is because I see a lot of young people, man, we are really in bondage. We're really in bondage of the world. Um, and even though we're a Christian, I, I believe that so many of us, man, we're staying so limited. And we're not experiencing truly all that God really wants for us in our lives. And so my prayer is that today that you will stop running and you would just surrender um, so that you can truly experience the freedom that's really in Christ. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching once again. Uh, don't forget, make sure that you like, comment, and please subscribe to stay updated for new episodes every single Wednesday. Uh, and I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited for this journey. And we're going to keep on learning together. We're going to keep on um, growing together. And so thank you so much once again. And uh, make sure you stay tuned for the next episode next week. Peace and love.